Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Give me that squeaky toy. Yeah. Big show today. You're going to have fun. You're going to want to stick around for this. On the show today, you've really packed it. I don't know if we're going to... Someone might have to get bumped here today. <gasps> I uh, don't know. I can't do it. If you watch... You don't have time for Matt Damon? Is it oh, Matt? Okay. Yep, he may be bumped go. today. Sorry. Go. Today, seriously, we have from Shark Tank. If you saw it the last... Uh, it was a couple of weeks ago. Yep. I watch mine late. I DVR mine and watch them when I have time to watch them. There was a guy on trying to pitch... Pet paint. Abe Geary? Geary. Geary? Mm-hmm. Okay. And he did not make a deal with the uh, sharks. So if you watch this show, it's going to be interesting to uh, talk to him later on today right here on Animal Radio. Who else do we have on? Oh, Lorenzo Borghese? Prince, prince Lorenzo Borghese. Lorenzo Borghese. He's an Italian prince. He is also, uh, he has this boutique pet line, high-end pet line of mm-hmm. pet spa products. But what he's talking about some event, and we'll talk to him yeah. later on today. All the ladies yeah. get excited when Hold he's Hold on. A, I, got a little, I got a little tidbit there. Yes. Um, prince Borghese bumped Joey Villani pet products off of um, the Home Shopping Network. I just want you guys to know Whoops. that. That they, yep, um, the Borghese line was a little bit more important than the Villani line. So, what? You know, what can I say? Yeah, that's that's how it went. That's how it went. Um, well, we'll let but, you spar with him when he comes on. Well, be careful because let me go. tell you, he is related to Napoleon. No yeah. one, no one's going to even challenge me on that. He is related to Napoleon, okay. and you so we're going to so. talk to him in just a few. I thought that was a bigger deal than. But that's French. I thought he was Italian. Uh, who knows? I want a paternity test by the end of the show. Stacy, what are you working on? Well, want to find out if you're pregnant? Like, yeah. You don't need an in-home pregnancy test. All you have to do is get a dog, specifically a beagle named Elvis. Mm-hmm. I'll give you the details coming up on Animal Radio News. Uh, this out of the Orange County news, kind of interesting. You know how they have the sexual offender registry online? You could find out if there's a sexual offender living in your neighborhood. Right. They are thinking in Orange County of creating an online map pointing to dangerous dogs. Dangerous dogs. Dogs that have been cited by the city. They have over 150 in the city. Wow. Uh, these are vicious dogs defined as one that is uh, seriously killed or maimed a person. So these are truly very vicious dogs. What would you think about that? Do you I, think I'm, it's okay? What if they make a mistake? You know, like they make yeah. they put innocent people in jail all the time. What you, you know, they can make a mistake so easily, these nuts, and then they put a dog in there, hasn't hurt anybody, and all of a sudden people kill it. I'm just kind of surprised if they consider it that dangerous that they'd still, I mean... Allow it to live in the neighborhood. Mm. If it's that dangerous, what's it doing living, you know, with people to begin with? Yeah. We're going to find out more about that in today's show, so stick around for that. So you know what they need? You know what kind of registry they really need? A what? dog that gets too affectionate with your leg registry. Yeah. You know, humping, I want to stay dog away from those registry. Yeah. yeah, that's what I want. Well, that should I go under that. the sexual sexual offenders um, registry, right? Yeah, I didn't want to say that, but yeah, I was thinking of it. Hey, Susan, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good, where are you? I'm in Long Beach. Long Beach, California. Well, welcome to the show. What's going on? I got the whole dream team here for you right now. Um, I We rescued an Akita. She had a collar embedded in her neck, and she was skin and bones. And um, we knew she was kind of a little, you know, had a tendency to be aggressive. Um, when we first got her, um, we took her to a trainer and got her kind of mellowed out a little bit. And we've had her for six years, and just recently, she's um, started becoming aggressive and, I mean, you know, really biting. So I'm just wondering, is there some, maybe a medical condition or, 
you know, what could be wrong with her. Yeah, there could be. Deb, I'm going to let you take this because there could be a lot of things wrong with her, and you should find out from a vet if there is anything wrong with her first before you do anything else. Yeah, yeah definitely. Taking the- her, her to the vet is a um, big issue, too, because she'll attack the vet. Uh, well, I mean, it's definitely going to, we're going to have to find a way to make that work because we do need to do some basic screening as far as things like vision. Um, we can see some eye conditions in Akitas that can affect their ability to see. So definitely arthritis, pain, um, pain. you know, yeah. there could be just about anything that might be making her more cranky. So I think that definitely is a good idea, Alan, is to, you know, at least get that screen. So talk to your vet about whether they might want a little tranquilizer on board beforehand just to facilitate that, make it a little easier for her and for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because dogs, you know, they, they, they suffer in silence. I mean, they can't tell you when they have severe pain, and they can take a lot of pain. They feel the same pain we do. They have the same receptors and nerves, but they can take a lot. But they can't tell you, you know, oh, this hurts really bad, you know, so they they can get aggressive. And if there's no medical problem, then, you know, look for a behavior expert, a behavior consultant, not a trainer, because there's a big difference between dog behavior and dog training. Training is like, hey, sit, give me your paw, uh, heal. But dog behavior is complicated. And when a dog gets aggressive and there's no medical reason for it, that's you need an expert for that because that will only get worse. And you need somebody to help you that knows dog behavior and can observe you with your dog and be there on the scene. Uh, because doing it on the phone is impossible. Okay, a dog behavior. Where do I find one of those? You can go on the Internet and search dog behavior consultants uh, in your okay. zip code, and you'll get a lot of different, you'll, you'll see a lot of different names. And then you want to uh, talk to people that have used this person and make sure this person really knows their stuff because anybody can call, call themselves a dog behavior expert. Anybody can call themselves that. And there is actually an accreditation for that, too. That yeah. I, think it, I, I don't recall right off the top of my head, but definitely interview whoever you find online first. Okay. I appreciate that because we're kind of like, you know, um, in the last month, she's really gotten kind of aggressive. What I've noticed is when she sits in the car and um, the two adult kids that I have, I don't have small kids. I would not ever let her around a small kid. The two adult kids I have, they come walking up and she just starts like barking through the car at them. Like she's never done that before, like aggressively. And I think the eyesight is what um, might be because she doesn't recognize them. That could definitely be, you know, she could be losing her senses. And, uh, you know, that happens a lot with German Shepherd dogs. When they get older, they lose part of their sight. They lose some of their hearing, and they can turn aggressive, too, because of that. You know, there's a lot of lot of reasons why a dog can become aggressive. And, you know, aggressive dogs, I mean, if there's nothing medically wrong, a lot of times dogs, certain dog breeds, they need powerful people to be you know, they're, they're humans. They need people that know how to lead and that are very, very confident, secure people. And uh, they need to they need to have somebody that has a lot of inner strength to follow, because if they don't, then, you know, the dog feels like it has to take over. And, <laughs> and that's what that's what happens with powerful dogs. Now, more than ever, you see it a lot where, you know, dogs become aggressive because people are not leading them. They're coddling them. And there oh, are absolutely. dogs. I totally believe that. 
And if I can just give you a little bit of kind of a guideline as far as for looking for behaviorists, a lot of times this is a huge area within veterinary schools and veterinary training. So there mm-hmm. are there's actually a college of veterinary behaviorists. So they're yep. ACVB. So that's one way you might be able, if you're near a veterinary school, that's one great source, or even just to see if someone is certified with those initials. Um, but there's also the ABS certification is the other one that um, uh, that would be a way to kind of screen for a qualified behaviorist. Thanks. Yeah, but definitely don't try to do it yourself. Find somebody that's really an expert to help you. No, I, yeah, I, um, I, we have to do something. So, and it's not, you know, it's not fair to her um, to get in trouble by biting somebody. You know, it's my responsibility. Yep. Good for you. Good for you. More power to you. Susan, thanks so much okay. for calling. Let us Thank know you how so that goes. Much. Uh, Stacy, working in the newsroom, what do you got going on? Well, a lot of people are concerned about their retirement, especially since uh, older Americans are having to work longer. What you might want to do is get a dog that works for uh, the Britain police <laughs> in England because they've got their own pension plans. Ooh. I'll tell you about it. You know, forget marrying a guy. All you need to do is find a nice, healthy dog. I'll give you the details coming up on Animal Radio News. What are you doing? We have no chance now, Alan. With what? The male species, no chance. If you, yeah. if all you oh, need is a dog now, I mean... Women, find yourself do. a retired police dog, and you'll be set we never, for life. We never had a chance. We never had a chance. <laughs> and Come they'll on. chase the bad men away, too. That's the extra bonus. Exactly, yeah. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Betty White. All us animal lovers love animal radio. Please help every way you can to make life better for our animals. Vinnie Penn, your party animal. Yeah, I'm still with you. Can't get rid of me that easily. Hit my local pet co to buy our, our fish, Betty, her Christmas present. I mean, why would you not have to uh, pick her up a little something, a little something special? She is part of the family, and I want you to make sure uh, you stick around next week. This is a two-parter. This is part one. It's a to-be-continued. Uh, but at Petco, grabbing uh, Betty, just a little something for the aquarium, a little accoutrement, a little uh, new little palm tree for her, her little bowl. And I noticed up at the counter, I mean, Petco's obviously your go-to place, but I noticed up at the counter that they were selling dog and cat mints. They were in like little tins, like Altoid tins. And there was no, there was nothing farcical about it, nothing tongue-in-cheek about it. It was dog and cat mints. Now, uh, maybe if it had a funny name, like, uh, you know, Kiss Meow. Maybe something like that. I don't know. It's a little bit clever, but it wasn't. You know, it just was in a tin, and it's a dog and cat mints. Now, I've said here before, I'm really not into those owners that basically make out with their pets. They they think it means something to us when their cat leaps up onto the table. That alone, I don't think it's acceptable. But when they proceed to basically French kiss the cat, uh, um, I mean, I'm disturbed by that as it is. These mints are only going to encourage it more. Do they need good Breath? I just, I don't understand. What would we do without the saying, oh, that guy, he's got dog breath, man. We can't eradicate that. They're supposed to have bad breath. These are four-legged creatures that are supposed to have bad breath. So needless to say, I apologize to all of you out there who bought dog or cat mints for your pet, which leads us to... 
to be continued next week on Party Animal. Animal Radio, Vinny Penn. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Attention sports fans, now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home with Dish for about 50 bucks a month. Compared to your cable bill, you can save almost $600 a year. Call right now and sign up for Dish and watch every football game you want. With Dish, there are no boxes to pay, plus get free installation as soon as tomorrow. If you call now, and with Dish Anywhere, you can watch your favorite sports and channels on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Be one of the first 100 orders right now and get a free voice remote. Don't miss a single football game all year long and save a ton of money. Get a free voice remote and free installation as soon as tomorrow. But you gotta call All American Dish right now. 800 380 4452. 800 380 4452. 800 380 4452. That's 800 380 4452. Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. Well, let's go to Moika. Hi, Moika. Moika? Hi. Is, is that, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Is that Hawaiian? No, it's Slavic. Slavic. Okay. Yeah. Well, how are you doing today? What's going on? Uh, I have two rescues. Um, one I um, adopted about three years ago. She's blind. She's had other health problems since then. Uh, I am H-A-I-V-D-D, all these different acronyms. But um, she never really got trained, and uh, through no fault of my own, I took her to an obedience class, and because she's blind and, uh, I guess, traumatized, she barked through the whole session, every session. So they would ask me to take her to the side, to another room, and practice there. So that never really works. I kind of just said, well, she never goes out without me. Then I fostered another dog about three months ago and decided to keep that one. This one is, I, know, I don't know how to say, she's not territorial because I heard that dog's not really territorial, but she'll sit on the couch and then when my blind dog tries to get up on the couch, she'll growl and mm-hmm. same thing with yep. the bed. And I said, you there- weren't here first. There's, there's two things going on. First of all, was the blind dog always blind? I don't know. They had no history. They said they found her as a stray. Okay. So you feel sorry for the blind dog, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, so when you feel sorry for a dog, when you have that emotion and you feel sorry for a dog, it puts you in a weak state. The dog feels that you're weak. The dog knows that you feel weak. The dog doesn't really know that other dogs can see. The dog doesn't really know that she's different from other dogs. You know that because you're a human and you're smart. You you can process that. So the first thing you got to understand is you've got to stop feeling sorry for your dog. You've got to stop doing that, and you've got to treat both dogs the same. The other thing you need to do is you have to be the leader so that when your dog is up on the couch and the other dog tries to get up there and the dog growls, you have to correct that behavior immediately. As a strong leader, you decide who goes up on the couch. The dog doesn't decide. Because when you let your dog decide who
who goes up on the couch, your dog is in a leadership role. Your dog is taken over. You've got to be a strong pack leader, and you've got to do it with not with words, but with actions and movement. You just don't talk oh. to them. Just throw them both off the couch. Just poke your dog. Make him move. Let the blind dog go up on the couch where the other dog was. Make it happen. Oh. Wow. Okay. Make it happen. Be a strong leader, and your dogs will follow you, and they will both know in the pack their place. And, and you know what? Yeah, they're going to duke it out a little bit to decide which one is, uh, you know, the more powerful dog who's 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 in charge. They're going to duke it out right. a little bit, and that's normal behavior for them to just go at it for a little while to decide who's higher up in the chain. But that shouldn't last very long. But stop feeling sorry for your blind dog. How far should I let it go when they kind of try to sort it out themselves? Because as soon as I hear the growl, I'm like, no, you can't do that. And, you know, I put the dog, the blind dog on the couch and say, you know, she was here first. Well, see, that's the, that's the thing. It's not about she was there first. You're, you're not dealing with humans. You're dealing with dogs. It's not who gets there first. It's should they be allowed on the couch at all? Who's going to be allowed on the couch? Who's going to decide who's on the couch? You have to be the decision maker. And as far as energy goes, there's low, medium, and high. When you see two dogs getting into it, you allow them to go to medium, lower, medium, but never to high. So if they, okay. if you see, if you watch them, watch their energy, if you see they're really starting to look like they're going to get into it, you get in there and break it up. You just... I mean, you move them with your feet. You walk right into the one that's causing the most trouble and push that dog out of the way with your body. But don't wait till it gets insane because it'll be too late. You'll have to shove a chair between both of them or something. Don't put your hands in there. Okay. Okay. Because they're little, but I don't think, yeah, teeth are teeth. I think they would bite you either way. They they will bite you by accident. Stop it, you know. You'll, you, you've got to watch their energy because once dogs get into it, they fight to the you know they fight to the end. I mean that's that's how they're programmed. They fight to the death, so they get crazy and they'll bite you without even knowing they're biting you. So you just you just shove something between them, a chair, a piece of cardboard, or just move one out of the way. But if they're if they're clamped onto each other, you've got to put something in there between them, or, or okay. you need help, another person okay. grabbing them. Don't let it get that high. Okay. Don't let the end. Don't let it get high and be the boss. Human beings take dogs home. They feel sorry for him. Oh, he was in a shelter. He had a rotten life. Your dog doesn't know that you know he had a rotten life. Your dog doesn't know that you're thinking these things, and you shouldn't think these things. What you should be Uh-oh. thinking is, I'm going to be a good, strong pack leader, a good dog owner, and I'm going to give my dog a good life right now. Okay. Right. Live in the moment, just like a dog. Okay. Well, I, I will try that because I, I can't deal with this, you know, even in the middle of the night. If one wants to get on the bed, it's, you know, you can't get up here. Like, what you do okay. is you throw them both off the bed. Don't let either one on the bed. Throw them off the bed. Okay. Don't well, let them yeah, on the bed with crates, you. And I try to, you know, dress them up. And here's your crate. But as soon as they whine, I'm like, oh, no, no. <laughs> I can't deal with this. Oh, well, you got to like stop that. Moika, you got to stop that because when they whine, you're giving in, and that teaches them what? To whine more. Right. All right, girl, okay. you go at it. I will try that. Thank you very much. Thanks for your call, Moika. We appreciate it. I do the same thing, though. I, I always give in to the animals, so um, let's put it this way. You're not a bad person. Your dogs are better behaved than mine. I can tell you. Oh, my dogs are calm. That's what they it are is. Calm. It's a you know, your whole life, your your business of having a dog is to basically teach your dog to be calm in all situations. And a calm dog is a well-adjusted, happy dog. 
on the show today. Prince Lorenzo Borghese, who I found out is an Italian prince, will be joining Ooh. us. Yeah, and I also found out that while he's not married, he is in a relationship. I found out when he walks in corduroy pants, they, they light on fire. Also joining us, cowboy pet poet Baxter Black. Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. This is Brandon McMillan, host of the weekly CBS TV series Lucky Dog and spokesperson for the 12th annual pet adoption tour Get Your Licks on Route 66, brought to you by Fido Friendly Magazine. The tour travels from L.A. to Chicago, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events. I'll be at the kickoff event September 5th, along with many animals available for adoption. Log on to FidoFriendly.com to find out where the tour stops in your area, and you might just find your new forever friend. Hi, this is Doug Gray, the Marshall Tucker Band, and forever you'll always be listening to Animal Radio. Keep loving those pets. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. Want to find out if you're pregnant? Well, forget those in-home pregnancy tests. Get a beagle. Zoos around the country are soon going to find out whether a beagle named Elvis can let them know when their polar bears are pregnant. The two-year-old has been specially trained for a year by a Kansas handler who's taught dogs to sniff out everything from explosives to bed bugs. A Cincinnati Zoo animal conservation scientist had the idea after reading about studies on using dogs to detect cancer. Confirming pregnancies of the massive bears a threatened species has been pretty tough, and zoo officials say knowing can help make sure that they can uh, help the mama bears ready for birthing and raising cubs. They separate them from the males, they get them into dens with extra bedding, they step up video camera monitoring, and they line up staff and volunteers for 24-hour cub watches later. It's always nice to know in advance, said Randy Meyerson of the Toledo Zoo, who coordinates polar bear species survival planning for the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. She praised the Beagle Project as thinking outside the box to provide a potentially important new tool. It's non-invasive, and it's simple for zookeepers who pick up fecal samples for Elvis to check out. A federal appeals court is granting a temporary injunction to block government inspections of horses due to be slaughtered. The 10th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals has granted the emergency request made by the Humane Society of the U.S. and other animal protection groups. They contend the U.S. Department of Agriculture failed to do environmental reviews before they granted approval for meat companies in New Mexico, Iowa, and Missouri to slaughter horses for human consumption. This follows a district judge's recent dismissal of a lawsuit that was filed by the groups which had cleared the way for the horse slaughters to resume. Police dogs in Nottingham, England, don't have to worry about big vet bills after they retire anymore. According to the Nottingham Post, Police and Crime Commissioner Patty Tipping has drawn up a scheme that will give dogs their own pension plans. So if you don't have one... Your dog might. The pups will be given up to $800 a year for three years after they retire, with the money intended to cover vet bills for problems sustained while on the job. The police dog pension plan, which is the first of its kind in Britain, is scheduled to go live in December. Well, it's time to play Name That Giant Panda Cub at the National Zoo. People can go to the Smithsonian.com, and you can choose from one of five Mandarin Chinese names for the zoo's infant panda cub. The winning name will be announced on December 1st. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. Wow, it has just been an incredible show today. I got to say, you've crammed into today's show what really should have been over a month. I know. It's a it's, really big show. I'm tired. I'm, I'm already tired. The prince. The prince. Get the prince. I like the prince. The prince is awesome. Borghese. 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 Prince We've had him on Borghese. before. He's, yes, we did. He's awesome. I love his sauce. His sauce by the same name is fantastic. Oh, it is so delicious. Does he have a sauce? Mm-hmm. Yes. Borghese. Yes. Borghese sauce. I think, I think you're thinking of Worcestershire. <laughs> prince Worcestershire. Prince Borghese. I love that name. I welcome back, and with great honor, Prince Lorenzo Borghese. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you? Since we last talked, I've done a little bit of research, and I heard that you're actually related to Napoleon's sister? Uh, Yes. uh, No blood, but she married a great-great-uncle of mine, and that was an arranged marriage that Napoleon uh, put together because he wanted uh, a link to Italy and the Vatican Church. Oh. oh, so that explains it. I'll tell you, you learn so much on Wikipedia. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, is that incredible? I know. I, I, I have to tell you, um, sometimes some information on Wikipedia is incorrect. So I tell everybody to, if they have a page, to check it where it's because some people wrong information on it. But the Napoleon uh, family ties is correct. Hey, listen, I just saw this article in the paper this morning. I wanted you to chime in on this. It's kind of interesting. You've heard of those sexual offender registries that they have. Uh, if you move into a neighborhood, you could look online and find out where the sexual offenders are in your neighborhood. Yep, I, I heard of that. I know they're trying to do it with uh, with people that abuse animals as well, right? Well, yes, actually, now they want to do it with dogs, vicious dogs, so you know if there's a vicious dog in your neighborhood. And this is in Orange County, and they think there's about 150 vicious dogs and potentially dangerous dogs. These are dogs that have uh, killed or seriously maimed a person. Are you for that kind of thing? Uh, we're kind of divided here in the studio. Well, let me... I mean, I, I, I think there must be some misinformation because usually, if a, obviously, if a dog has killed somebody, no matter what, that dog uh, is usually put down. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, and if if the dog is aggressive, it's a, it's the same thing. I mean, the uh, animal control comes over; they have to interview you. Um, you have to get a lot of people to write letters to defend the dog. So, I'm surprised that it's 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 gone to this level because usually, if there is a, a vicious dog, that dog is pulled from the home. Yeah, it's either pulled from a home and euthanized, or it's under a condition that it lives out with somebody in a rural area where there's no other people around. Mm. Right. So, so to me, I, I mean, I think one, it's it's a waste of money, um, and two, I think it's it's a waste of time as well. You know, uh, un- unfortunately, when these things happen, it, it you know it happens once. So if right. you could foresee a dog being aggressive and attacking someone, I think it would make sense. But, but considering it doesn't happen that way, and when a dog does attack, that dog is usually pulled right away. Yeah, it would have to yeah, be like the perfect storm to have all the, the elements there for this to happen. It's You know, the thing I, I, was, I was referring to that I was hoping they were going to do is that they were discussing a law where if you're an animal abuser, that has to be made public as well. So I thought that made sense because, it, uh, unfortunately, statistics show that 
if people abuse animals, they're more likely to abuse people as well and be, you know, hard, hardcore criminals. So there was a, uh, a law at least being put into New York State that was going to do the same thing, just like a, a sex offender. Right. Yeah. Prince, you're so well-informed. I really, I like you. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Well, I'm informed just because everybody gives me information. <laughs> so um, I, I get emails constantly about what's going on, and because I'm in New York, I get a lot about New York law, and there's Buster's Law, which is essentially what I'm describing, and it's it comes from a cat that was abused that was actually burned to death, and then they started doing all these statistics showing that people that abuse animals are more likely to abuse people and be criminals. Um, and they want to make it um, a felony, which in some states it's not. When you abuse an animal, it, it should be a felony. Uh, especially since it's been proven that there is that correlation there. Right. Uh, well, Dr. Debbie's been all a Twitter, can we say that? Because <laughs> she used to watch you when you were on the, uh, what was it, The Bachelor? She was uh, she would DVR it every night and come in and tell us the next day all the details that happened. But that was okay. that was years ago now. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost forgot about that. I mean, it's almost been a decade, and, and to me, that was a lifetime ago. I mean, I, I think I've changed a lot in the past seven years, but uh, it was it was fun doing the show at times. I'm glad I did it. It, uh, it allowed me to sort of uh, promote what I love, which are animals, and I think that any opportunity that, that television can bring to bring awareness, uh, I, I jump on. So I have to ask every question, the question that every woman wants to ask, are you still single? Uh, I am currently in a relationship. I'm, I'm dating somebody, Darn. and it's it's been going well, but oh, that's uh, good. I, I still haven't gotten but- married. But, 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 but what, Alan? It's going well. It's going well. But, but that means she's got to be. She's got to be on her best behavior at all times. There's a lot of pressure on the Borghese women. A lot of pressure well, actually, there. Actually, I wish that was the case. I have to be on my best behavior. Sure. She is. She's definitely uh, keeping me in line. Is she a? Uh, is she a New York woman? No, she doesn't live in New York. That's the other thing. She lives down in Florida. Oh, you got that long yeah, distance relationship thing happening. Yeah, that I never works that, out. You know, yeah. If you're not uh, if you're not behaving yourself with a New York woman, you seriously are jeopardizing your health. Okay, Alan. Okay. <laughs> but what you've been doing in the past year since the Bachelor, you've done the Royal Treatment Pet Line, which is kind of like a boutique pet line for it's it's high end. Let's face it, but it's it's top of the line stuff. I'm telling you, how's that going? It's been going well, and actually, um, I started that 12 years ago, so I was selling the, the line before I did The Bachelor, and I just started it because my dog had dry skin, and my family has been involved in cosmetics, so um, I used, actually, my brother's contacts in Italy to go ahead and manufacture this, this product line, and it's different than, uh, I think, the a lot of other pet shampoos, one, because it contains a bunch of organic ingredients and it has essential oils, but also because it's specifically created for dog-sensitive skin, and that's what I needed when my lab was alive. And the shampoos I was using was drying out her coat and her skin, and therefore, after two years of, of working on a formula, that created something that really worked, and I wanted to share it with everybody, and I launched it on HSN uh, 12 years ago, and I've still been doing really well. And my next show is in, in uh, February on the network. Can I ask one question before you go, Mr. Prince? You're obviously a very intelligent, smart man with multiple ideas. Do you have an oh, idea no. we could rip off that, that we could go to Shark Tank with, that we could get on that <laughs> show make and make millions money. with? Yeah, what about, um, why don't you guys go with my shampoo? Rip my shampoo off, go to Shark Tank, and tell me this is the best uh, shampoo you guys have ever used on your dogs. You ripped it off, but you found a way to do it for half the cost. <laughs> Check out Animal Radio Highlights, all the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. People say less is more. 
At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating our connection with our pets. And I just found out that, Dr. Debbie, you have a bunch of, uh, what, cameras in your office or TV monitors in your office that are, where are they hooked? Well, they just, they look at pretty much all the entrances and certain work areas of a hospital. And it's nothing weird. It's, you know, it's a modern day controlled drugs. You know, we have to just have basic security. You were just looking at a a bird that was, uh, what was happening? Well, yes, I I can hear and see that there is a uh, cockatoo that is a little bit of, he's objecting to uh, being examined. And there's some uh, wings flapping and some vocalizing going on, which, Hey, Tom, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? Good. What's going on with your animal? The good doctor, Dr. Debbie, is right here. Well, hi, Tom. Hi, Dr. Debbie. What can we do for you? I, I adopted a dog from a shelter about two months ago, and I haven't been able to identify his breed. I've looked online, and, and I suspect that he's dingo and whippet. I know there's DNA tests, but I was wondering if you could tell me anything about dingoes or um, maybe help me identify the breed. The true dingo is a wild Australian dog. Um, so the yeah. likelihood of having a true dingo or dingo hybrid in the States, not terribly likely. <laughs> um, now, there are a lot of breeds that look like dingoes, and I get a lot of Shiba Inus that some folks will say they think are dingoes. Um, some of the Spitzes and such, sometimes they can look like them. But uh, there is an actually a what they call the American dingo, which to me doesn't really quite look the same. Um, but that's an actual breed that's out there now. You mentioned DNA testing, and um, for me, I'd say that's probably the most definitive way that we're going to know. Sometimes we can go with some general characteristics on the body shape, the type, um, and you mentioned something like a whippet. In whippets, because they're a sight hound, they kind of have those nice, lean, tucked-up abdomens like greyhounds. Um, they tend to be very lean dogs, muscular, tall, um, but I really look for that abdomen, that tucked-up look to them. Um, as uh-huh. far as some of the other characteristics, if you're describing what looks like a dingo, we could really cross over many different um, breeds there, um, whether it is something like a Shiba Inu, which is actually a Japanese dog, um, or if we get into the Spitzes. Um, so, you know, it probably can't help you a whole lot with that, but it, it would be something fairly easy to do a DNA test and get some good information. Now, does your pet have any special behavior characteristics that we can kind of help to narrow this down? Well, the other day, uh, a guy walked up to me and asked me what kind of dog it was, and I, I said I didn't know. He said, well, look, Tingo, he, he spent some time in southern Australia. He said, um, does he jump straight up in the air? I uh-huh. said, yeah, he does. He said, well, yeah, I think that's Tingo. And um, he also scavenges like a wild dog. He'll eat dead frogs and, like, snake skins. And um, so uh-huh. I've never, I, I've had two other dogs, and I've, you know, never seen that. He also looks like the Australian dingo, the curly tail like a dingo, but then 
It also has yeah. whip a feature. If you grow it's like a, an Italian grape. Yeah. As much as we might want to make a Medingo, I'm, I'm going to say it's very unlikely. And mostly also because for dogs that are Dingo crosses, they, they still retain a lot of their wild dog uh, behaviors. So they're not really domesticated animals. They don't tend to behave as well as pets. And people that do have Dingo hybrids, um, they tend to be more like um, many of the wild dog crosses. So uh, probably not. So I'm going to probably dispel that myth. Um, but I would say DNA testing would be great. Um, the jumping behaviors and the in the foraging behaviors, you know, some dogs are just really adept at finding things. And if I b- bury a little bit of chocolate anywhere within my backyard, I'll guarantee you my dog is going to find it. So the jumping <laughs> behaviors, you know, I see that a lot in Jack Russell Terriers, um, that they can just have springs in their feet. Um, so nothing there really makes me want to believe that you got a dingo on your hands. But uh, maybe just some really crossed over little small breed type dogs that have a lot of energy, maybe some hunting background in their genetics. But, uh, you know. I'd encourage you, do the DNA testing. Now, here's the thing with the DNA test, and, and of course, we have lots of experience with the DNA tests. We did the uh, <laughs> the cheek swabs, and we did the uh, blood tests, but the one criteria is that it had to be a part of a breed profile that, the, that was part of the test, and the dingo not being part of it. We could rule out it being the dingo, but we couldn't uh, give a positive that it is the dingo in any of the DNA tests that are out right now. You know that. Um, okay. What? Can you tell me a little bit how the DNA process works? Well, so you said a, a, a saliva swab. Is that- we did the saliva swab test twice, and we, we were not really happy with the results. We got no. different results. Right. Different results from both of them. So we went ahead and we did the blood one. Uh, it's called the Wisdom Panel by Mars, and we were able to, you can order it online, and they send you a kit, and the kit has a tube, and what you do is you take the dog to the vets. The vet will draw the blood, put it in the tube, and there's a ma- there's a package. They can just drop it that comes with the kit. They can drop it in the package. It'll be mailed back to the company with all your contact information, and then about oh, six to eight weeks later, they will contact you with all the information from the results and the type of dog breeds that they found in the blood. It is true that they only can identify... It's like the AKC-registered like, yes. identified breeds. And the dingo not being yeah. an AKC-registered right. breed. But it might be. It might tell you some other breeds. The whippet should be on yeah. there. I don't know about the Shibu Inu. And if there's any other oh, yeah. breeds in there, this should be on there, so it'll give you an idea. At the test cost, I think, about $150 for the blood. Yes, it I is. It, was less the, than that. Oh. Well, it might be by now. I don't know. You'd have to look. I can't. But it's, uh, it's Mars Wisdom Panel? It's Mars Wisdom okay. Panel. Yep, that's, the, that's the company. Yeah. And that's what we use it here at our office. And I'd have to say it's, it's very valuable because not only, you know, for the cocktail conversation, what breed of dog is my dog, <laughs> but medically, you know, for either behavioral training and just the disease incidence and background, it's important to know what kind of dog you have. So if you have a herding breed, you can be prepared for some of those behaviors. Um, some dogs, especially with the Wisdom Panel, they do pre-screening with the blood panel. So you can actually, with many different genetic diseases, get a pre-screening for that for some of the different retina diseases. It, it may not be a 100%, but it'll give you a guideline if, if that's a concern you need to look into that with your vet. So. Cool stuff. Let me, let me know what yeah. you end up doing there, Tom. And thanks for giving us a call today. Can you give me a website that I can... Yeah, that. it's actually wisdompanel.com. Oh. <laughs> look at look at Dr. Uh, Debbie. There. Hey, I'm familiar. Yes, we do use that product. Yes. Wisdom Panel. And we'll put a link okay. over at animalradio.com. Of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. This is Animal Radio, baby.
People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our chicken rolled food as a meal or shred it as a topper. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Wow, it has been quite the show thus far. This hour gets even better. We're going to talk to the guy who was on Shark Tank with Pet Paint, Abe Geary. I want to ask him all about his Shark Tank experience. He did not make a deal with the sharks. Of course, Alan over here trying to think of the greatest invention that he can get on Shark Tank with every week. I hear it is, why can't? Why didn't I think of that? I've got the idea for Shark Tank. What do you got? Holiday lights. You know, it's like, you know, like lights you can light up your dog. You know, just wrap him up. Been done. <laughs> How about the holiday light sweater? Yes. Beautiful. Let's do it. Until it short circuits. How about a how about a dog bowl that your dog wears all the time? It's just attached to his head. How about the prescription windshield? Have you ever thought of that? I always get in the car and I forget my glasses and I have to go back to the house. Genius. <laughs> yeah. That's genius. Yeah, I'm telling you. Pitch that on Shark Tank. Uh, so he'll be on the show this hour also. Baxter Black, he's the cowboy poet. A very funny guy from NPR in the Tonight Show. Well, you've seen him. And all he right. used to be a veterinarian. Yeah, I he just sure found that was. Out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I've seen him at uh, vet conferences speaking before. So, yeah, he's a funny guy. He has uh, big arms because he was a uh, wild, large, animal. large animal vet. Equine. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they always have those big biceps. For you know, you notice the strangest things, Hal. You really do. You really, uh, you're very, your observations are very, very uh, unique. Why do they have those big arms, Dr. Debbie? Well, I think he already knows. He just wants me to describe it in detail. Well, let me just say, there's. I use like little white gloves, um, little latex gloves. These guys use latex sleeves that go up from their wow. tip of their finger to their shoulder. Wow! So uh. when they're doing little rectal exams, they are up to the shoulder in these creatures. Get some muscles after a while, Stacy. What are you working on? Well, you've heard the old saying, it's raining cats and dogs. Sure. Well, it was raining cats at Miami International Airport. Oh. I'll give you the details coming up on Animal Radio News. Let's go to this one over here. I didn't even know this line existed. Do we, do we really have seven lines? We do. I know. We oh, have wow. ten, actually. Okay. Amanda. Hey, Amanda. How are you doing? Well, hello. Where are you calling well, from today, you? cheery little gal? <laughs> I'm calling for lovely Port Wanimi, California, oh. little military town. Oh, I know. Ooh, give we're, a shout out. Animal Radio started in Oxnard, California, so yeah. we're very familiar it's with the Oxnard. Oxnard. <laughs> what's an Oxnard? The Nard of the Ox. Yes. Hey, what's going on with you, Amanda? Well, my neighbor has like a multitude of cats, and she is allowing her cats free range in our area. So there's yeah. no control of them. Uh, they take the liberty of uh, spraying my door. Mm-hmm. And oh. they have made it their thing to do. And I, I spoke okay. with her and she denies that they do it, even though she <laughs> knows that they're doing it. Uh, okay. And, and do you have pets yourself? I have none. Oh, that's kind of interesting that they're coming to your door there then. Yeah. 
So, okay, so you've already tried talking to her, and that's not getting you anywhere, huh? No. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, there are some things that you can use as deterrence um, to try to keep the kitties away from your area and your property. Um, normally, I, my first recommendation is to go knocking on the door and to talk to the folks about that, um, because in many communities, even though cats are often let outside, there are leash laws. Um, right. And to allow them to run at large is actually a violation of the leash law. So that's something I always like to try to kind of encourage them to um, take take control of the kitty world there. Um, the next things that you might be faced with doing are looking for those good deterrents that can help to encourage those cats to find out something else that's not so appealing as your house. Um, and the first thing that I like to direct folks to are some of the wonderful motion-activated deterrent systems that are out there. And that's these. True. I have two of them in place, and okay. I don't know what's going on. They they jump up on the screen and sway. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and do you have the kind that uh, shoots out water or makes a no. sound? Mine, I understand, emits a high-pitched uh, sound that humans don't hear, and I sort of okay. believe that's a lie. Well, it just might not be maybe as offensive as we need. Um, and uh, the, the one thing I recommend, if you can make it happen, is that they have motion-activated ones that actually hook up to your sprinkler. And um, it, it basically sends out a big... And um, when the kitty sets off that, or, or I guess even the mailman, so you've got to kind of watch how you set these things up. Um, but when the critter walks through the electronic eye, the, the water gets turned on. And, it, you know, for cats, that's a, that's a kind deterrent, if you will. Um, so that might be one option. There are also other ones that are motion-activated um, sounds, uh, one that is like a compressed canister that goes pssst. And kind of more along the lines of a cat hiss, and that might be something else that's a little bit more um, up a kitty's alley than worrying about some of these high pitched noises. Um, and then, you know, I like to try some natural things and um, throw in along with all these other steps that I'm mentioning. Um, use some citrus. Cats don't typically like citrus, so you can take things like lemon peels or orange peels and kind of put them in the area around where you want to avoid them from um, going through. Um, so that's nice if it's a garden area or just somewhere off to the side. Um, and change that as they kind of dry out and, and get a, lose their freshness. But that can that can be helpful as well to just encourage them to not come to that area. Now, you said this was a door or it's a It's porch? a screen door. Screen door. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in most situations, if we have cats peeing in the house in inappropriate places, we would ask you to use an enzyme-based cleaner. Now, if you don't have a cat, you probably don't have this on the shelf. But if there's a way that you can kind of clean and disinfect the area, you'd want to go to a pet store and pick up an enzyme-based cleaner that helps to break down the odor of the cat urine. And that can be um, you know, a good way to try to take away some of the interest for them returning to the scene of the crime. And, and I, you know, the other thing, I have had some friends that are kind of in some of the rural areas that have told me that using um, some of the different predator urines, like coyote urine, um, and kind of uh, taking a little essence of coyote urine and sprinkling that in the environment, that, uh, you know, different type of smell, different kind of urine, but it, yeah. it, as, a, as a scent, it, it can be um, a deterrent because, you know, cats don't typically want to go hanging out where some of these predators are, and that might be a way to kind of psychologically try to keep them away as well mm. but what's worse yeah we could send joey volani over there to uh take Let care of your market. neighbor 
No, <laughs> no. Jeez, oh my gosh. Okay. We we wish you the best of luck with that. There's a few ideas there. If, you, if you're still at odds ends, give me a call back. We'll try to put an end to this because I know it's kind of tough, especially if you don't have an animal, which is kind of strange that they're over there if you don't. Maybe is, someone who is. lived there before yeah. you had an animal. They did. They had several cats. Ah. Yeah. But not that door. That door is brand new. It, oh. Well, it was new six, six years ago when I moved in. Well, try some of those things and then call us back if you're still having problems, okay? I certainly will, and I thank you much. Have a great day. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Red Barn. And during these uncertain times, Red Barn is grateful for the consistent love and joy our pets bring into our lives. They're also grateful for their all-natural, long-lasting dog chews. Now diligently working alongside their pet parents, your dog deserves a break in between video chat appearances and lap sitting. Red Barn chews are the natural way to distract your dog during the day or give their paws a break from typing up emails. Thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. I almost sound like professional disc jockey today. <laughs> almost, Hal. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Good day, animal lovers. Vinny Penn, your party animal coming at you on Animal Radio. Got an interesting question I'd like to ask you folks out there. And of course, feel free to hit me up at Vinny at AnimalRadio.com. And it is Vinny, I-E at the end, much as my father hated that. He always thought I should go V-I-N-N-Y. But another story perhaps for another time. Uh, My question is this. Why is it whenever I park my car in a convenience store parking lot and I'm getting out and cutting between two other cars on my way to walk into the store, the rabid, aggressive, hostile beast that someone has left in their vehicle, usually a pickup truck, it is ninja quiet until I'm in between the two cars and then lunges through the halfway rolled down window of the truck just at the time that I'm passing through the cars. Can anyone answer that? It's like these dogs are left in the front seat of the vehicle and and almost trained to, now you don't make a sound, don't let anybody know you're in there until they're creeping in between our car and the car next to us and then scare the bejesus out of them. Because you know the guys who own these dogs say things like bejesus. The other day I was on my way into the convenience store, just wanted to grab a soda, which I didn't even wind up doing because the, the Mountain Dew would have finished me off the heart attack I had in the parking lot. It would have been the final blow. I'm st- walking in between a car and a truck. This, 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 this German Shepherd pit bull Rottweiler hybrid. Yes, I believe they exist. And I'm going to call it a Germit Ryler. Germit Weiler. I'm going to call it a Germit Weiler. Comes lunging through the halfway rolled down window just at the mo- I mean, not three minutes, be- the three seconds before, not three feet before, just as I'm in between. And there's just enough window down so that when he's barking wildly, his saliva splatters me on the side of my face. And I have to scream, which I've been told I scream kind of like a girl, in the parking lot of the convenience store. The owner, of course, thinks this is hilarious, but if I was with my five-year-old, that would have been it. The dogs would have been off limits for the rest of her life. 
So please, somebody out there tell me, are, are dog owners training their dogs to sit like ninjas on the front seat of their vehicle with the window rolled halfway down, trained to wait just until that person cuts in between their vehicle and the one next to it? Just for laughs. Is it? I got it. It's a hidden camera show. It's when dogs scare the crap out of you in parking lots. And hey, Vinnie Penn's on the, the debut episode. Vinnie Penn, party animal, animal radio. Yeah, puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why the Animal Radio Studio stunt dog, Ladybug, uses the brilliant pad self-cleaning puppy pad. We love how it handles number one and number two. It seals away the waste and replaces dirty pads for us. Brilliant Pad keeps our home clean and smelling fresh. All we do is replace the roll once every few weeks. And the process is fast and clean. In fact, Ladybug gives it five paws up. Learn more about it at BrilliantPad.com. Hi, Marianne. How are you doing? I am doing fine. Uh, the reason I was calling is because I'm sort of desperate for help with a kitten that we got this summer. He's um, a male. He's now six months old and already 11 pounds. Wow. And just about from the time we got him from a rescue, and he um, bites us. And he bites often and hard, and it's a sneak attack. So we... We did check back with the rescue early, and they suggested we get him neutered early, so we did that. But now I'm sort of wondering if there's anything else we should be looking for or trying other than the things we have tried. We don't play rough. We use toys when we play. We don't use our hands. Okay. Um, So we're sort of to the point where we're at a loss, and we've had cats forever, so we're not quite sure what's with this guy. So what, what's the typical situation when he bites you? Is it when you're just walking around the house and he kind of just pretty much ambushes you and attacks your ankles? He does ambush, but a lot of the times it's when we're just sitting still watching TV. And, he, you know, he's a kitten. He's huge, and he's got a lot of energy. But, uh, you know, we're happy to play with him, but he'll just sneak up and grab your arm. Or Okay. Well, and, and with cats, especially young cats, you know, and you recognize he's got a lot of energy, yeah. and it's a little harder to get these guys that um, that outlet for their energy. Um, so that is definitely one of the big things that I focus on is trying to find ways to interact with the kitty. Um, so the interactive toys, and you're so right, we don't want to play ever with our cats with our hands um, or even toys within the hands. We want extension toys, things that you can kind of swing, yeah, use a handle. Mostly what we use. Yes, those are wonderful. So that's definitely one route that I would recommend to go. Now, do you know any of his original history as far as how the shelter got him, how he came to be there? I do, and I should have known better. Um, They said that they found him alongside of a barn when he was approximately two days old, and Uh his litter mates had already died. So he was brought into the shelter lady's home where she bottle fed him Uh, okay all right you know so he had a really rough start Uh, but then by the time we met him he looked you know he looked healthy he had been placed in a little kennel with a lit with a litter of kittens so that he had other kittens around him but he was bottle fed and he was a stray 
Okay. So, well, at least he did grow up around kittens because I was, when you were giving me that history, I was like, oh my goodness. So for cat owners out there, the number one thing when cats do this, I always go back to the history because if a cat is raised without its mom, um, they lose the ability to really learn bite inhibition. So normally cats, uh, kittens, you know, learn through play with their mom and their other kittens in the, in the household. And when they bite too hard and play is kind of exceeding that, that threshold, they get a correction. And with kittens that don't grow up with that interaction in that kitty socialization, they can actually have a real problem with um, aggressive play and biting. So, I mean, that definitely makes sense. So he is a product of his upbringing and his environment, and that helps to explain things. So he really hasn't learned better. And then plus he's got all this energy. So that's going to be our, our real goal. Now, when I have a kitten that's doing this, the most important thing I tell cat owners is we really don't punish these kitties because it can actually escalate things. Now, you can give a verbal correction saying no or ouch or, you know, stop or something like that. Like that, but you don't want to do anything to discipline a cat. So I don't chase them down. Uh, you know, I don't squirt them with water. Um, that actually makes their anxiety greater. And it actually can make a bigger uh, component of fear with these type of things. So it can escalate things quite a bit. Just avoid that. Now, when that does happen and you say, hey, ouch, or stop, you want to cease contact. So you don't want to talk to the cat. You don't want to look at the cat. You really need to just not give them any attention because for many cats, it'll become attention-seeking behavior. So they get your attention. Hey, mom's paying attention to me now. So I'm going to keep doing this all the time in the future because I know I'm going to get her to yell at me, chase at me, whatever it might be. So clamps onto your arm or your leg. We do, we do try. We say, you know, ouch and no, and then try to ignore him, but it'll come back an hour later and he, he bites hard so it's really hard to ignore it's going to take more than just that so that's part of things but we will need to try to make some kind of activity scheduled activity for him so for cats that do this i try to schedule playtime you know five to ten minutes at the max at an interval because usually they get so excited and worked up during their play session that you got to stop and that's going to be the thing that you need to learn is when you're watching him we need to recognize when his body language is saying i'm about to blow and that that may be you were watching his ears, his eyes may be darting back and forth, those ears may be back, that tail may be swishing a little bit faster than normal. Those are going to be your cues that you need to say, okay, whether we're petting him, we're playing with him, or I'm just in the same room with him, I need to put some distance between me and him. So that may mean give him a toy, something to play with. The food dispensing toys, just like we have for dogs, can be helpful for cats. He loves um, toys. He's got them all over the house plays real well with him. You're going you're gonna to schedule more playtime, and then you're going to not give him um, a negative uh, reinforcement for this uh, behavior. Yeah, we've got toys all over, and he likes lasers, but um, he likes them for a while, and then he comes and bites us. So <laughs> we're willing to try more. Is it possible he might grow out of this? Um, not generally, no. Right. I mean, it's this. This is something that he's lacked that social skill. Um, so maybe when he gets much, much older. But he's a young guy. He's still got a lot of uh, a lot of young years ahead of him. Do you think that? I mean, I, I was thinking he needed more exercise. I bought a harness, which he'll let me put on him, and he's an indoor cat. And I, I mm-hmm. just wondered if there's any chance that taking him outside or trying to teach him to go on a harness would help or might that overstimulate and make it worse? 
It, it certainly might help. Um, the, the big thing is making sure he's comfortable with the harness and walking on that, you know, before you get outside and it becomes a, uh, you know, fish on a hook kind of situation where he's trying to attack the leash or, or, or to you. Um, but, you know, the other thing is if there's ways that you can get um, other ways to stimulate him, um, window seats or those little um, indoor-outdoor cat rooms that, you know, you can attach to a, a window, that gives them the opportunity to watch things outside, to focus on other things and really give them something more to do than just wait until you walk around to attack you. This is Animal Radio. All of us here at Fido Friendly Magazine can't wait to get on the road again with our favorite Fido. We know that it's just not a vacation without our furry companions by our side. Start daydreaming now and visit FidoFriendly.com to scout out places near and far so you will be ready for your next adventure once it's safe to travel. That's FidoFriendly.com. Until then, stay safe and leave no dog behind. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. Forsyth, Georgia, a buzz after thousands of bees spilled onto the highway. According to the Macon Telegraph, a semi-truck that was carrying beehives had a tire blowout, and the result was an accident that littered the highway with broken hives, honeycombs, and a cloud of angry bees. Cleanup crews were able to remove the hives and the bees, but a couple lanes of traffic were closed for several hours. Monroe County Emergency Agency Director uh, Matthew Perry, not the actor, I, they might look alike, but he described the incident as a sticky mess. Concy Taylor was halfway through a banana when she saw a white spot on the skin. This is going to gross you out. She thought that was just a little bit of mold. Well, that thought is gross enough. But then the spot burst open and baby spiders started scurrying across the fruit. Here's where I bit my tongue a little bit. The British woman told the staff at Sainsbury Supermarket about their spider-infested offerings. They gave her a $15 coupon, but when she sent a picture of the spiders to a pest control company, this is when things got very scary. She was told that those unwanted little nasties could be Brazilian wandering spiders. They've been called the most venomous spider in the world. According to Sky News, those particular spiders can be extremely aggressive and a bite from them can trigger loss of muscle control, breathing problems, paralysis and eventual asphyxiation. Well, Sainsbury's not only apologized to the family, but put them up in a hotel and paid for their entire home to be fumigated. So You know what? Apples, mm, they're pretty good this time of year, huh? <laughs> A group of French teenagers in trouble with the law after they allegedly stole a circus llama, according to the British newspaper The Independent. The group of five teens who were allegedly intoxicated and coming home from a night of clubbing came across Serge, the llama, at a closed-down circus in the city of Bordeaux. Well, apparently, the group first tried to take home a zebra, but that animal wouldn't go with them. However, one of the group members says that Serge walked with them like a good dog would have. The group were busted after they took the animal onto Bordeaux's tram system, which caught the eye of a ticket inspector. It's kind of hard to hide a llama, you know, and look like you're just act naturally. The teens were eventually arrested for stealing Serge, who reportedly made it back to his habitat in good condition. Well, can it really rain cats and dogs? Well, at least it apparently can rain cats, at least kittens, if you're waiting for a flight at the Miami International Airport. Three kittens recently fell from the ceiling of Terminal J in Miami International Airport. The kittens were discovered after a traveler complained of some odd noises in a certain area of the airport. Well, at one point, she looked up toward the ceiling with curious security employees, and what followed was 
It's raining kittens. The little cats came tumbling from the ceiling. Firefighters took the kitties to Animal Control, who will adopt them. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. This is Animal Radio. It's Animal Radio. We're celebrating our connection with our pets. And if you listen to much Animal Radio, you know Alan, myself, and I believe even uh, Joey, big fans of Shark Tank. Big fans. Well, big, big fans. Love well, that show. First of all, I'm going to sleep by 7 o'clock, so it always has to be DVR. <laughs> Any of that late night programming, I'll watch late a few days now. later. Last night, I had a chance to check out Abe Geary. He's on. Who is he? Well, he tried to make a deal with the sharks for his pet paint. And I said to Judy, pet pet paint? Don't we have some? Didn't someone send some in for some reviews? We Certainly. have it right here. We found a box what of colors do we- pet paint right here. We decided to get him on the phone, and by the way, I don't think he made a deal with the Sharks. Abe, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you all doing? Can you hear me now? I can, I can hear you now. Oh, great. Before we get to the paint, no, let's go right to the paint, and then we'll, we'll talk about Shark Tank. But tell, tell listeners what the paint's all about. Well, it's a dog-safe, washable, temporary color hairspray. So, um, you know, where there's been dyes and some other you know, weird things to color your dogs in the past, we thought it'd be a good idea to have something that's temporary. So if you've got a birthday party or a football game or Halloween, you got a fun product to paint your dog, and then you can wash it off the next day. What is it Jeez. made of? Well, it, we started with safe ingredients because there's a couple things that uh, are unique to dogs. Who's in the background there? I can't hear you. Yeah, who's, who's the mouthpiece in the background? Yeah, he's got to shut up. Don't, this is this is the pinnacle of go. your career. You go. thought Shark Tank was big. This is really going to throw you over the edge here. So let, I want to just hear you. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Anyway, yeah. I mean, we started with safe ingredients because there's a little bit of a difference between dogs and humans. You know, there's been colored hairspray for humans for for years, but you don't lick your hair and you don't sit on your head. When you don't you're on know your how. Carpet. Right. So th- those are the two biggest things that we need to tackle when we create a pet paint. Is one, it has to be safe so that dogs can lick because we know they can reach everywhere. And they had to not come off on everything when they you know, run around the house or the car and so on. Well, i got to ask the obvious question, for me at least. And for Judy, Judy dresses up her dogs. You'll, they'll be in tutus, all kinds of weird things. Would, for Judy, would you do this? Would you paint your dog? I have. Okay, what, what about you, Alan? Yes. Would you paint Rudy? No, I, I prefer to put a traffic cone over his head. <laughs> now, Joey Volani, you probably do get people that come in there, especially around Halloween and such, and ask you to paint their dogs, right? We do it all year, all year long. And um, matter of fact, I've judged many creative grooming contests with a lot of painted dogs. How can we get down to the nitty gritty? That's, that's exactly sh- what I was thinking. Did, that's did the sharks try to rip your head off and, and crack down your throat? That's what I wanted. What, what did you ask for, first of all? Yeah, I wish 200000 for a 20% equity stake. Uh, okay, looking uh, back upon that now, would you still have done that? Oh, probably not now. Um, but, you know, you go in there and and um, and you give it a go and you see what, what's going to happen. I mean, you know, valuation is an interpretive thing. The fact of the matter is, is they want to see that your business is already making money, making money before they do anything. So they can jump on. So yeah. they gave you an offer, I believe, was it Babs gave you an offer for 50000 Yeah, she gave us an offer for the full amount, which was great, but she wanted 60% of the company. Oh, okay. And you've put in years of your life to this. How, how long have you been working on this, and how much money have you put in of yourself, your own money? Well, I've been working on it for a couple of years, and... Um, you know, I've got a substantial amount of money invested in it, but 
what I, you know, I've eat, slept, and, and drank pet paint in the pet industry for the last couple of years. And so it's edible? It is safe. <laughs> you know it's safe. <laughs> you know, it's like um, the thing that they don't quite understand is how sensitive the pet industry is, yes. and especially when it comes to color. I mean, color's been a, a fairly naughty word when it comes to getting into the general public. So we've spent a lot of time investing in getting it to bloggers and to groomers and to, to building a good story behind pet paint. I mean, we've got tons of rescues that use it to put adopt me stencils on their dog and so on so that's what i was trying to explain to them is hey look you can't just go and make a pet product and just put it on the market because if there's no trust there people aren't going to buy it they don't really show that in the tank you're in there for about an hour oh Um, yeah that's what i was going to ask i was going to ask they added it down to about five minutes which it was really true to form you know when you watch it it's essentially an outline of the whole negotiation but it was it was pretty true to form does Lori really smell as good as she looks <laughs> she does yeah <laughs> i just i just need to know that okay so i'm sure what happens there's that shark tank effect as soon as you're done it's it's aired all of a sudden your phone starts ringing anyway even if you didn't get an offer it has that happened yes good yeah i mean i that's what you were listening to in the background it's like you know we've got thousands of emails and followers and i think we had over two hundred thousand hits on or yeah, close to 200,000 hits on the website. Wow. So. Man, the pet industry. So so let me ask you this. If you had to go and do it again, what would you do different? You know, between you and I, um, I think Robert was the most interested. Uh-huh. And, um, and I probably should have paid a bit more attention to him. See, you know, you got five people there. They're all extremely intelligent, and they're all firing questions off at you at the same time. Well, Robert's kind of a thinker, and he's just kind of quiet the whole time. So... You know, I wasn't really paying a whole lot of attention to him. And I think, you know, out of the whole experience, that was probably my biggest mistake. You know, I, I would have done everything completely the same. It was an awesome experience. Like, working with him was great. And did you did you come away from the tank not liking any of them? I mean, you're like, you know, I don't like this. This Miss w- Mr. Wonderful, What's what? what is that? What does that mean? <laughs> no, not a bit. Not a bit. I mean, right. they all give good advice, and they all, you know, they put you in their place without – you know, taking your feelings into account, which, you know, you can't really buy that experience. Well, one of the pieces of advice they gave you is when you walked in there, you didn't even have a website to sell this stuff. Yeah, I did, actually. And that's some part, you know, somebody asks you a question, you answer it in a certain way, and then they don't quite get it. So they stay on that point, and then you start answering other questions. We did have a website, and we did do some, some web sales before that point, but his advice was to put more attention into it, which is 100% true. I mean, why not? Yeah, and you've done that, I bet. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, check it out. I mean, the, the it's, website's uh, up, the Facebook's up, the Instagram's up. I mean, it's been... Easy to remember. It's PetPaint.com. PetPaint.com. Of course, we link to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. I'm going to give two colors away. Now, these colors have all kinds of uh, interesting names here. And well, I, you I, have, can I ask him another you question? Have, yes, please. I, please, go ahead. Now, now this, this gentleman, sir, you're going to be rich. It's obvious. You're smart. You have brains that we don't have. It, it, you know, in your experience, when you look at the pet industry, what great idea has not been invented that we can steal from you and use for our own game? <laughs> you know what? If I had that info, uh, I would be happy to share it. There you go. Alan Cable always looking for the idea that's going to make him a gazillionaire. Okay, we have the Rescue Red and the Beagle Blue to give away. Head on over right now to PetPaint.com. Make Abe a big gazillionaire. Abe, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, 
Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm very upset because, look, look at I mean, we've got to think of something. I mean, there's got to be something that hasn't been done, that, that people would just light up and go, why didn't I think of that? That is great. My dog, my cat needs that. What is this idea? I demand to know now. Attention sports fans. Now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home with Dish for about 50 bucks a month. Compared to your cable bill, you can save almost $600 a year. Call right now and sign up for Dish and watch every football game you want. With Dish, there are no boxes to pay, plus get free installation as soon as tomorrow if you call now. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch your favorite sports and channels on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Be one of the first 100 orders right now and get a free voice remote. Don't miss a single football game all year long and save a ton of money. Get a free voice remote and free free installation as soon as tomorrow but you gotta call all american dish right now 800-380-4452 800-380-4452 that's 800-380-4452 this is animal radio baby baxter black you've heard of this guy you've heard him on npr if you're an npr listener or many many tv appearances he is your cowboy poet baxter black and we welcome him to the animal radio airwaves hello sir how are you doing is this you how Th- this is me my gosh you're taller than i remembered i know i know and I'm, I'm, i was uh, even taller before boots isn't he yep and a little what cowboy is. hat too. yeah yes and well, you i assume you're standing on on a podium i have heel shoes is what i've got do you see yeah it gives me an extra couple of inches you know what i never what is that made of squirrel no, it's it's fake squirrel. It's it's Uh-oh. it's not real. See, I, I would it's faux squirrel. Faux it looks squirrel. like it's elastic. It'd be an elastic squirrel. It uh, well it does. It has to give and 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 take as my weight you know Fluctuate. increases. <laughs> well, well it, you know I didn't know you were a veterinarian. Well, not anymore. You know, there are a lot of people who have agreed with that, but uh, you were like a large animal veterinarian, weren't you? Well, the old joke is I was such a good bad veterinarian I couldn't even cure a ham. <laughs> Someone get the rim rim shot out, please. Yes, I did do a large animal practice for 13 years, and actually, uh, of course, have cows and horses now. And am you know I don't do it for money. I'm an entertainer now, but uh, and you don't do that for money either. <laughs> um, yeah, I try. <laughs> it, it's working out pretty well, I understand. Uh, well, you know, sometimes I tell people when the. The uh, cowboy poets, the talking dog, and the hundred-year-old woman got on Johnny Carson. They fell between the cracks. <laughs> and so that's the only explanation I can have. I just fell between the cracks. I've been able to disguise my poetry so that no one is offended by it. Your book is called uh, Poems Worth Saving. So these weren't the ones that they threw in the trash or incinerated or shredded. These were the ones they that saved. were worth saving. Yeah. Well, you got to remember, leaves me room for a sequel. That's good thinking. Yeah, poems not worth saving. <laughs> the, uh... There's All one... right, Hal, get with it. Well, there's one... <laughs> Come on, Hal. Do you have a laugh track there? Alan, say hello. This is the infamous hello, Baxter Black. Is this Alan? Hello, Mr. Baxter Black. or... I spell it with letters. Do you? Well, a lot of people spell Joey with numbers, you know. We uh, they do the they do I got I got I got a license plate um, um underneath my picture with numbers so yeah you might be right well Joey it's uh if you had elocute elocu- elocution lesson somewhere to develop that accent or um, uh, no no you know it just came along with uh, you know with life I see 
have been tough, I guess. Hey, Liz, you got a little accent there yourself there now, pal. What? The book I'm is... aphasic. Can you give me a dictionary, please? <laughs> I haven't heard, understood half this interview so far. Hey, please look that up for me. I'm sorry. You're a man of your words, because that's, that's what you do for a living. Soma actinoides, the uh, fringe tapeworm of sheep. What were you saying about large words? I, well, I was saying that you, you know large words because you're a man of words. I mean, that's, ah. your, that's your living, so you, you have a big vocabulary. I'm lowest common denominator over here. So. Well, I have, uh, I have another advantage. Yes? I can make them up. And no one would know better. Yes. I wrote, you know, I, now I have forgotten this word, but it was a, a long one. And I used this word in a sentence, and I said, is that really a word? And I looked it up, and it wasn't in the dictionary. But I knew it was a word, so I realized I had invented a word. And the word that I invented, the definition of it was a word that you think is a word, but it's not in the dictionary. That's what, genius. What is the word for that word? Yeah. I forgot that word. And, and there's a word for a word that you think is in the dictionary that isn't that you forgot. We are with the amazing Baxter Black and his book called Poems Worth Saving. Is it brand new? Uh, the book is brand new. Okay. Uh, the Poems Worth Saving are a giant collection of poems, and I, for your information, do this for a living, and over the years I have uh, a mountain of material, and much of it has been done publicly, and I've been arrested for some of them, actually, because you can't do some of them in public, but regardless, these I chose because they, for the most part, there's a couple in there that are, I really like, but don't go over so good. So I thought yes, I would just give a little... Uh, but this is one of them that ran on NPR. Have I got... This will take Absolutely. Absolutely. We are so blessed. Baxter Black is with us. All right. A little tribute. A turkey's thoughts at Thanksgiving. Uh-oh. Right. Okay. This will be the turkey's voice. I always thought I'd do more with my life. Become a writer, maybe. But it was hard to hold a pencil. I couldn't find a typewriter with the turkey alphabet. It only has five letters, counting the double B... And it didn't seem right to use a quill like any young poult. I entertained the idea of becoming a fireman till I found out I was flammable. <laughs> As I matured, I became active in worthy causes like Free Tom and the Turkey Anti-Defamation Society and the two-kilometer turkey trot in which turkeys outnumber cows, the next largest species, by 100 to 1. I painted signs for the Turkey Illiteracy Foundation which is sort of foolish because nobody could read them and I couldn't write. I just drew pictures of turkeys looking at pictures. And, of course, how could I forget the anti-Subway sandwich protest? We held a sit-down strike in front of the local subway till most of us got run over. I went through the snood and wattle-piercing phase. We thought it looked cool. But it all went by so quickly, and now I'm in the prime of life. I've been working on an international turkey Olympics with events like head bobbing, track leaving, and egg laying for weight and distance. Lots of people don't give much thought to a turkey's point of view. They just assume we spend all day gobbling at each other, eating bugs, and staring into space. In my case, I spend most of my time trying to think anything, just trying to think anything. And when I put my mind to it, I get an idea, as you can tell. The hard part is trying to remember it. Oh, and did I mention politics? I know some may believe there are already too many turkeys in office. What the heck? Oh, well, people are talking about Thanksgiving. I'm not sure exactly what we do, but I hope we do it well and that our contribution is appreciated for the turkey. <laughs>
Ladies and gentlemen, Baxter Black. Check out the website, BaxterBlack.com. Of course, links to to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. I want to thank Abe Greary for joining us. Also, Prince Lorenzo Borghese and Baxter Black. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Keep your nose to the ground and keep sniffing. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.